welcome to the Ridge Life Podcast. We truly hope you'll be inspired and challenged today. Now, let's dive into this message with the family at Pleasant Ridge. Well, this morning we're going to be in the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter number four. And if you're just joining with us, we have been journeying our way through uh, Philippians. And I was actually looking um, at the calendar, and and we actually started the book of Philippians last year. uh, And it would have been actually last year on last Sunday. So we're almost through here. um, And at this rate, I think it would probably take us a good about 50 years to get through uh, most of the New Testament. So we'll see what we can do with that. Some of you are like, what? (laughs) But it's important that we we go through God's word, line upon line, precept upon precept, building our foundation in Jesus Christ, knowing what the word of God teaches, so that way we may uh, be strengthened and uh, we may add to our faith, so that way we can stand firm in what uh, this world and uh, Satan throws at us. So it's important to know that. Um, so as we've been going through here in Philippians, uh, we've come across this part here where Paul talks about uh, being content. And uh, last week we looked at a few things about uh, what contentment is, why we are not content, and uh I gave you several of these uh, worldviews that uh, people hold to as far as uh, uh, what they're pursuing after. And the question that I, that I really would like to ask you this morning is, are you content today? Are you content with everything that's going on in your life right now, uh, whether good or bad, are you content Or do you find yourself grumbling, complaining about situations, uh, difficulties that you're having in life? Uh, Are you content? And that's what God's word tells us here is that uh, Paul was one that says, I have learned how to be content. It's a mark of spiritual maturity uh, for the believer is there's a learning process that all of us must go through in learning how to be content content. Uh, The definition that I gave uh, last week, uh, based out of here out of Philippians 4.11, is the fact of being self-sufficient. That's what the word Paul talks about here, about being self-sufficient, not needing assistance from outside. In other words, Paul was saying, I'm not basing my happiness, uh, my joy, uh, the things that are outside of me, uh, whether I have food or I don't have food, whether I'm suffering persecution or I'm not suffering persecution. He says, I'm not basing my happiness on those things, whether they're happening or they're not happening. He says, I've learned how to be self-sufficient, not needing any outside help in order to help me be content. And so Paul says, I've learned that secret In all circumstances, whether he says about being humble and being means of prosperity, being filled, going hungry, of having abundance or suffering need. And so in essence, what Paul is saying is that he had learned to be in charge of himself and he was no longer bound by circumstances. And so pursuing contentment should be uh, something as a believer in Jesus Christ we should be after. Uh, We don't need the outside help 
of the things in this life uh, in order to make us happy. But isn't that exactly what the world does, right? It, it pushes these things on us. Well, if you could just, if you could get this thing, boy, you could slice potatoes uh, three times quicker, you know? And if you act now, we'll also throw in the uh, whatever, right? Like there's always this push of you gotta have this, you gotta have that. Uh, but I would even say that even in our circumstances in life, things that happen, um, you know, we get the phone call that uh, uh, we do have cancer. Uh, we, get the, uh, we get the bad news that, uh, you know, um, our child was just in a car accident. Uh, we, uh, circumstances, situations happen in our life. We just got in unemployed. Um, are we content in those situations? How can we be content in those situations? That's really what we're going to hone in on uh, here this morning. And so Paul really talks about that he did not need any changes to occur in order to fulfill the purposes of his life. He didn't need those things, those situations to change in order to be content. And so Paul had learned the secret of no longer being someone who reacted to his environment. In other words, that as long as everything was going great and wonderful, my life is going great and wonderful, but uh-oh, here comes a giant wave. Uh-oh, I gotta, what am I gonna do now? Um, he didn't react to those environments uh, that happened into his, his life there. Uh, his response of, of being content was determined um, by knowing this secret of, of contentment, which we're going to share with you here this morning. So have you learned this secret yet? Are you able to be in control of yourself regardless of circumstances while still feeling all the personal, emotional uh, things that are going on? Have you learned how to be content in those situations? Uh, and Paul really did know that secret. So this is what I would like for you to take away with you for today. I need to learn the secret of being content. I need to learn the secret of being content. Let's look here at our text here. We'll read through it here again. Philippians chapter 4, beginning in uh, verse number 10. Paul says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at length you have revived your concern for me, you were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned, here it is, the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I've received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So remember where Paul was at this time? He was 
Under house arrest, he was chained to a Roman guard uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He could not go anywhere. Uh, so he was basically like in prison. Uh, he was facing all kinds of persecution from false brothers, from people that were slandering him of his ministry. Uh, he even shared with these uh, Philippians that even when he entered into ministry here and he was going and he was preaching the gospel, nobody partnered with him except the Philippian church. And he says, look, I'm not basing my contentment. I'm not basing what I'm doing in life because I received that gift from you. He says, I'm grateful for it, but that's not what my contentment was based upon. He says, I have learned the secret of contentment. So what is the secret of contentment? Philippians 4, 10 through 19, we just read there, but look what he says here. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Now remember, those without Jesus Christ cannot be content. As we looked at Ephesians chapter 2, that those without Christ are dead in their trespasses and sins. Uh, they walk according to the course of this world. They follow Satan, who is their father. Uh, they live in the passions of their flesh. Uh, there is no contentment with uh, those that do not know Christ. So if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, uh, being content in this world is not a possibility for you whatsoever uh, because your passions, your desires is only for the next thing. It's always pursuing after what is next. Uh, but those that do know Christ as our Savior have a new nature, and because of that new nature, we can now pursue after contentment uh, because we're not living according to this world's philosophy. We're living according to a different uh, philosophy. And I gave you several of those um, worldviews uh, last time. But as believers in Christ, we have to be very careful that we are examining how we think because even though we've become a believer in Christ, there's still the temptation for us to slip back into that old way of thinking. And that's the reason why, remember how we dealt with this whole thing that Paul says about thinking biblically, thinking on those things? It's a change of our mind. We have to constantly be going through, is this biblical? Is the way that I'm thinking biblical? Does it line up with Scripture? Because if it doesn't, it's a different way of thinking and we shouldn't be pursuing after that. And so even in contentment, being content, we have to examine how am I thinking? Are we thinking biblically of how we should be thinking? And Paul says, I have learned the secret of being content. And so the only thing that can bring the kind of contentment that Paul speaks of here in Philippians 4.11 is a biblical thinking. It is thinking biblically. It's thinking and living like a Christian should live. And so uh, that's the kind of thinking that Paul had here. And basically that thinking is the fact that God has made me. God has created me for his purpose, for his plan. He has redeemed me through Jesus Christ. And now I am to live for him. Whatever circumstance that comes into my life, I am to live my life for Jesus Christ. I belong to God. My life makes sense living for his purposes in everything only. And that's the only way of thinking that as a believer in Christ that we should have in life. I mean, you just think about it. Some of the things that come into our lives, 
um, difficulty situations that we're faced with. You know, we get the phone call, we get the bad news. And sometimes the first thing we think sometimes is like, oh, why me? Why did this happen to me? Why am I going through this? Why this? Why that? Why this? If we don't have the right type of thinking, thinking biblically about it, we're not going to be content and we're going to be pursuing after other means in order to be happy so that way we can get through the difficulty in life. So what then is the secret of this contentment? Okay. Remember, Paul writes this while in jail, not knowing if he'll get out or die. He is truly thankful for the gift that was sent to, the, to, the, uh, to him through the Philippians here. But more for what it demonstrates about them for the gift itself. Look at verse number 11 here. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Paul tells them that he had learned the secret of being content and he reached a condition of Christian maturity in his life in which he could remain completely in control of himself and even rejoice regardless of the circumstances in his life. Have you reached that in your life, in your Christian maturity in your life? Can I be very honest with you? I haven't. Sometimes people think, oh, the guy that gets up and speaks and he talks about God's word, he's got it all together. No, he doesn't. It's like the guy that's really good at the mechanic or the guy that's really good at the carpenter. You go over to his house and his cars are broke down and his house looks like it's all terrible, right? Okay. So even, even the preacher here, right? Like I have not attained this. I should be striving towards it, but I myself have not attained to it. I myself still find myself slipping back into those old patterns, those old habits of pursuing after something else in order to be content. And so Paul says, whether I'm abounding, suffering need, having little or a lot, getting good news or bad, he would be content because he had matured in his Christian life in order to be content. Now, the secret here of contentment is not hidden or concealed. Let's look at the text here very carefully because I want to see if you can see it. In these, in these verses here, can you see what he's saying, what the, what the secret of contentment is? Look particularly here at verse number 13. Because if we're not careful, we'll miss it of what the secret of contentment is. It stares at us right in our face. I can do all things through him who what? Strengthens me. Too many of us have memorized this verse. In fact, maybe many of you have this crocheted on a pillow or something like that in your, at your house or sits on a wall. And it's a great verse. But I think many times we apply this verse into not what it's talking about. Like, for example, you know, the kid, he's going to go to school and he didn't really study for the test. And he's like, well, you know, I'm going to claim that verse. I can do all things through Christ. He's going to help me get that A on that test, even though I didn't study for it. Right? No, that's the wrong way to be thinking about it. Okay? Um, we have to apply this verse within its context. And what is Paul talking about? He's talking about being content. And he's saying, I've learned the secret. And what is the secret? That I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
And really the context here is being content. It's being content in all circumstances. Even going back to verse number four, rejoicing in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. How could Paul say that? How could he say I'm going to rejoice in everything? How could he say I'm not going to be anxious about anything? Because he's learned how to be content. He says, I have learned the secret, and it is the fact that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Moses crossing the Red Sea, uh, you know, we, when, sometimes when we think about contentment, you know, we, we, we sometimes think of either doing some great thing for God or, or really like enduring through some tough time, okay? Like, for example, like Moses going, crossing the Red Sea. Like, that, that was pretty awesome, right? Or how about like uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being thrown into the fiery furnace, right? Paul is not necessarily talking about the fact of saying like, okay, well, I just got to get through this difficult time here. I just got to make it through. He's not talking about that. He's, just, he's not saying like, if I, could just, if I could just make it over this hump, then, then I'll, I'll be home free. He's saying, whatever situation I have found myself in, I have learned the secret of being content. You see, the all things, look what he says for, he says in verse 13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. What is the all things you can do through Christ? What is the all things you see, it's, it's a lot bigger than these giant situations that come into our lives. All things, the little things, the little disappointments, the little hardships, all things. And I think in our, in our thinking many times, the only time that we, that we really want to maybe try to put these verses into our, into our life or when we try to maybe be like, okay, well, I'm going to have to pray about it now or something like that, is only when the situation is so huge, so large, that we can't figure it out on our own. But God doesn't want us to only come to him like a crutch. He doesn't only want us to come to him like some kind of genie, right? Like, okay, poof, what do you need? No. God wants us to be pursuing after him in all things, at all times. Paul says, I have learned the secret of being content, that I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So what is the all things you can do? Well, it's defined here by the context. It is to live content, whether in humble means or prosperity, being filled or going hungry, having abundance or suffering need, the all things extends to every area of the Christian life in living in such a way that you are fulfilling the purpose of your existence and bringing glory to God. You see, that's the reason why we exist. We don't exist for our own purposes. We exist for God's glory. And everything that God does in our life, every circumstance that God brings into our life, it is for his glory, whether good or bad. And so we have to learn to be content in those hard situations, in the all things of life, whatever they are. So see, this, is an, this, is, this ability is something that you learn. It's not something that becomes instantaneous. It's not like a zap. 
All right, now that I'm a Christian, I can be content in every situation. It's something that has to be matured. It has to be something that is learned. You cannot do it on your own. You cannot do it on your own. You must do it through Christ. That's what Paul says. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Recall again Ephesians 2, what I had just said, that we were born in our trespasses and sins. The only way of that, out of that hopeless uh, condition was the fact to be made alive in Jesus Christ. Uh, me and Hideo, yesterday we went to uh, South Bend to go talk to a guy about Christ. And uh, we were talking with him, and I was sharing with him about the fact that uh, being dead uh, in your sins, and uh, the illustration was given, uh, Hideo gave this illustration about uh, a person who's dead, and, you know, somebody going over there be like, all right, buddy, come on, wake up, wake up, come on, come on, wake up, wake up, right? It's not going to happen, right? He needs the, needs the paddles to, you know, to come get made alive, right? And that's the thing. Without Christ, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. We need to be made alive only through Christ. And so I think we have this thinking that, okay, so here I am. I get made alive in Christ. And then it's like, okay, now figure it out all on your own. Just live the Christian life however you want to live it. No, we are saved by grace and we continue in grace. We are saved through Christ and we continue in Christ. There's not a separation of that. We continue in Jesus Christ. And that's why Paul says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So we have this new life that we have here, and now we have to change our thinking. We should not be living according to this course of this world, living according to the way that we used to live. There's a constant changing process that takes place, a sanctification process that God is at work in our life, and it's changing us. And so when God does the work of regeneration in you and I, we come to believe and we come to place our faith in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit begins to teach us. What does he teach us? Let's look, do a little quick little Bible study here. Let's turn over to 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. What does he teach us? 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. But the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about what? Everything. And is true and is no lie, just as it is taught you, abide in him. We're taught... He illumines our minds. He teaches us. He helps us learn these things. 1 Corinthians uh, 2.16 tells us that we can now have the mind of Jesus Christ because we're being taught these things. As we're abiding in Christ, we're not separating ourselves, trying to live the Christian life apart from Jesus, but we're teaching, we're learning. He's teaching us these things. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse number two, tells us that uh, be no longer conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So there's this process that's going on. It's a constant process. We're not separating ourselves apart from Christ uh, in the Christian life. 
It's constant. Notice the verse again here in Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him, what? Who strengthens me. I and you do not live the Christian life in our own power. We don't. We are to live it in the power of God, which indwells in us. Let's look at a couple other uh, verses here. 2 Peter 1.13 tells us the power of God is available to me to live in Christ in all circumstances. Listen to 2 Peter 1.13. His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. How often do we hear of Christians praying for that God would give them the power to live for him? But did you already know that the power to live the Christian life already indwells inside of you? We have it. We have the power of Christ already inside of us. Matthew 20, 18 we, uh, teaches us about the fact that all, Jesus says, all power is given unto me. And he says, I'm commanding you now to go out and to teach and preach the gospel. He gives us the power to preach and teach the gospel. We have the power. We have it. Acts chapter 1, 8. But you shall receive what? Power. And after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be what? Witnesses for me in Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So we have this power already living inside of us as believers in Christ. We have the power that can strengthen us to actually do all things in order to be content in every circumstance and situations. Romans 1.16 tells us the power of God is, is the, 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 the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And so we already have that. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 16, I love this verse here. It tells us uh, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So we have the power of Christ that already dwells in us to be content, to be strengthened in every situation. And so this is the secret of contentment. I can do all things through him, Jesus Christ, who strengthens me. I can live my life in such a way that regardless of the circumstance, I can fulfill the purpose of my existence and bringing glory to God. God has made his power available to me and to you that I can do what honors him in every situation. My life then is no longer controlled by the situations around me. I'm not like the, uh, you know, the puppet, you know, just like, okay, you know, we're like, we're like Pinocchio. I have no strings to hold me down, you know. Right? You guys see Pinocchio? Right? Okay, all right, good. Um, so we're not controlled by the situations any longer because we're content in Jesus Christ who strengthens us in every situation. Now, we may not like what is happening. I may prefer something else. We're experiencing all the real raw emotions of life that when it happens, the disappointment, the heartache, the hardships... We experience all of that, but we're not controlled by it. That's the difference. Because we have learned how to be content. We've learned the secret of contentment. 
And so Paul says, I have learned that. And so what is the secret to contentment? It is, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And you say, now, Mike, now that's great. Like you just told us that we have this power. You told us that, you know, Jesus Christ is, uh, is the way that we can have contentment. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe all that. So here's the big question. Then why are you still discontent? Why do you and I still live this life as if none of this is actually true? Why do we still live as if, as almost as if this really doesn't have any power whatsoever? As if Christ, you know, like, yeah, he has power to save me and I believe that, but, you know, I just got to kind of figure out all this stuff on my, in life by myself. Why do we still live that way? Why am I still not content? Flip over to Matthew chapter 17. I want to show you a verse here that I think is very important. Matthew chapter 17 and verse number 14. Jesus here is healing people. That's the context here. And we have a boy here that has a demon. And in verse 14, it says, And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and he suffers terribly, for often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, notice this, and they could not heal him. Now, didn't Jesus send out his disciples saying, look, I'm sending you out. I'm going to tell you this is what you're going to do. You're going to go and you're going to heal people. You can't, you are going to do this. Did he not tell them that? He did. Look what it says. Here's this guy. He's bringing a complaint. He's saying, hey, I brought this guy to your disciples. I brought my son to your disciples. And they couldn't heal him. So I'm going, I'm going straight to the manager. I'm going right to the top here. Look what he says. Jesus answered, Oh, faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Can I put another set of words here in that? Why am I not content? Why am I still not content? Why, why do I still complain and grumble about the situations that come in my life? Why is that? Look what Jesus said. He said to him, because of your little faith, but truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. They had little faith. Why could we not cast it out? His answer, because of the littleness of your faith, the littleness of your faith, the disciples already had the power, but they could not appropriate it. Because their faith was so small. 
That is the same problem that we find ourselves in in dealing with contentment. We have the power of God in our life and it is available to us, but we do not use it because our faith is so small. How then is this power made to be available to you and to I? It's very simple. Here they are, three things. Number one, by remembering who God is and what he has done. Secondly, by doing what he commands. Faith is not passive. It acts upon what it says it believes. If you want to see the power of God active in your life, then you need to act upon what you say that you believe. That's, what, that's why I'm saying this, this whole thing of trying to separate, or we live, we separate the power of God, the Christian life, everything that Jesus says in his word, and we say, okay, that's good over here, but I'm just going to continue living over here. The two have to intersect. They have to come together. We have to allow the truthfulness of God's word to actually affect how we live our lives. It has to be applied. It can't just be lived out separately. It's not just a Sunday morning thing or a, a, a special Christian thing over here and the rest of my life over here. Everything that God says in his word has to be applied to our life. So if you want to see the power of God active in your life, then you need to act upon what you say you believe. You have to remember who God is and what he has done, and then you have to believe and obediently follow him. You see, our knowledge and trust in God increases with our experience with him. And so if we're living our life separated from the truthfulness of God's word, what he says, walking in faith, living in faith, then our experience with him is not going to be very great. And our faith in him is not really going to grow that much. And we have littleness of faith. And so our faith is in direct connection with what? The word of God. And if we leave this out of our lives... If we don't live by this, if we don't apply the teachings and the scriptures and the commandments to our life and live through this, then our faith is not going to be very strong. It's going to be very weak. Consider Joshua as an example of someone that had faith in God and therefore also learned how to be content. We find Joshua mentioned in uh, Exodus 17, and, and Joshua here, he had, he had lived through the slavery of Israel in Egypt. He was a firsthand witness to what God did in breaking the power of Pharaoh. I mean, seeing all the, all the plagues. He was there when the, they're, they're there crossing over the Red Sea. He saw all of that. He saw the power of God. He experienced all of it. And so he knew who God was and could remember what he had done. And so if we do not read our Bible, you will not know, and I will not know, the very first thing about who God is or what he has done. We have to get to knowing who God is. And it's a never-ending depth. I mean, it's, it's, like, a, it's, like, a, it's like, a, like a deep, deep sea. I, I give you the illustration of one time of like, you know, if you were to go to the, to the beach, 
and you were to stand on the edge of the water and you were to get step down into the to the to the water's edge there you could say yeah i'm in the ocean i'm standing in the ocean right then you could even actually go out into a little bit further into the ocean would you still be in the ocean yep but you're experiencing now more of that ocean and you could even get out further and further and further and further. And you'd be experiencing more and more and more and more of that ocean. And I think there are many Christians that have only just stepped out on the water's edge in their Christian faith, in their Christian walk, in their walk with Jesus Christ, knowing who God is. And they're just on the water's edge and they're like, I know everything about God. I know who God is but they have not plummeted the depths of God, of who he is, and getting to know who he is. And their faith is so small. We have to be in the word of God. We have to allow God's word to change us. And Paul says, I've learned the secret of contentment. I've learned who Jesus is. I've learned who he is. He strengthens me. He helps me. He guides me in every circumstance. And so if we're going to be content, we must, we must remember who God is, what he has done, and we must do what he commands in his word. And when we do that, when we obey God's word, it strengthens our faith because we begin to trust him. God's word says, live this way, do it like this. And we trust that, we obey that. And by trusting and being obedient to that, what does God do? He strengthens our faith in him. And we say, God helped me through that. God helped me through that circumstance. Yes, I experienced all the raw emotions still. Yes, it was hard, it was difficult. But God got me through it because I was obedient to his word and I followed his teachings. And then guess what? The next time comes. There it is, another circumstance. What do we do? We trust and obey God's word. We remember who God is. We remember what he has done. We remember that we have the power of God living in us to be content. And God works through all of those situations. Here's the third thing. So you must know God, you must remember who he is. You must trust and obey him. But thirdly, you must bow the knee to the sovereign God regardless of circumstances and rejoice. You see, your attitude has to become one of, Lord, thank you that I am here, not because you like the circumstances, but because he is with you. We were talking to a man, like I said, just the other day, and uh, this man been dealing with some situations in his life, and he was telling me that uh, he was going to more than likely be losing his apartment that he was living in, and he said he applied for government assistance, and the government denied him the assistance. And I said, that's a gift from God. What? What do you mean that's a gift from God? It's a gift from God because God is trying to see, God is trying to get you to see how much you do need him, not relying upon these other things in life. 
And I think our mind is so twisted many times. We, we think that it has to be this way, that way, in order for us to be content. But we have to surrender ourselves to the sovereign God who knows everything, who has his purposes planned for our life, that we were created for good works in Christ Jesus. We are his workmanship. God is doing a work in our life and we have to surrender ourselves to him and allow him to work in our lives regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the situations in life. And I wanna tell you that's very hard. Consider the real life situations I presented two weeks ago to you. Could you live content in these circumstances? And these are real life situations of people that I have known that have gone through this or are going through this. People at work or school don't like you. Your in-laws don't like you and try to interfere in your marriage. You go outside to get in your car and you find somebody is smashed into it. You find yourself suddenly unemployed. Your house is robbed. Your house burns down and lose everything in it. Your spouse develops a severe physical handicap. You find out that you cannot have children on your own. Your child dies. You are diagnosed with an incurable terminal disease. Can you be content in those situations? Paul says, I have learned the secret of being content in, in every situation in life. And in every one of those situations, you can be content if you remember who God is, what he has done, and then obey his commandments and follow the principles in his word and submit yourselves to his sovereign will in his life. Now, over the next couple of weeks, I really want to deal with this because, like I said, I deal with not being content, and I'm sure that you're just like me right? You're a sinner, right? Anybody in here not a sinner? Okay. All right. We need to have a talk afterwards, okay? Um, we deal with situations in our life, right? And so what I want to do is I really actually want put this to work in your own life because what situations in your life do you find yourself in that you're not content or you struggle with being content in? And so I have here just some uh, pieces of paper here, and we're going to talk about this over the next couple of weeks. But I want you to write down, you don't have to put your name on it, um, but you can write down what situations that you struggle with being content in, and we'll talk about them over the next couple of weeks. Um, so these here are available. Let me see. Uh, James, you want to pass these out for me? So if you want one of these, okay, and you want to submit a, a situation that you would like to learn how to be content in, James will get you one. Just slip up your hand, James will give you one. And that way we can learn how to be content in every situation from God's word, according to God's word, what God's word has to say about that. So learn how to be content, learn the secret. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Let's pray together. If you're interested in more information about our church or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church.